That's News to Me is a Twisted Dreams comedy production. Girl, what are you ranting about? I'm talking about the podcast News to Me. Have you never heard of it? Look, listen to the catchy jingle. Press play. Erica B and Mookie G and everything they say. Man, it's News to Me. You got Mookie G and Erica Welcome to a new episode of That's News to Me. I'm Erica Benefield. And I am Mookie G. And I want to say thank you to the listeners. You know, you you definitely are keeping us going. Yeah, yeah. The minute we think we need to take a breather, y'all are like, nope, we need more. We need more. That's what we're going to do. We're going to keep it going, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. Keep this train going. Right. So, so Erica, I'm, I'm going to start off. I'm going to start off my story by asking you a question. Okay, let's hope what? I can get this one right. It's first. It's it's quite easy. <laughs> it's a personal question, so you'll be able to answer it. What was your favorite cereal as a child? Frosted Flakes with extra sugar. Wait a minute! Who put <laughs> extra sugar on Frosted Flakes? What the hell? <laughs> Me and my dad. I don't know. <laughs> That's Explains just a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. Don't I should have said don't judge before I told you. It's I should too have late. qualified I'm it. Now you're all judging me. Erica, I mean you, so you told me I couldn't get this this wrong, but I feel like I did. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> you're right. I did make it seem like you got it wrong. You did not get it wrong, but you shocked the hell out of me. How about that? It's the, it's the shock factor, okay? Okay, that's uh, fair. It's the shock factor. I, I've never met anyone that put extra sugar on Frosted Flakes. Yeah, once I realized it wasn't normal and actually <laughs> detrimental to my health, I stopped doing it. But yeah, for most of my childhood, I was like, oh, there's not, I wish they would put more sugar on these things. Extra <laughs> cup of sugar. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no, what do you have? ADHD? ADHD? ADHD. No wonder you have it. It's all <laughs> sugar from your childhood. Yeah, it's all built up in my bloodstream. <laughs> okay, follow up question Do you still eat frosted flakes? <laughs> I do crave a good bowl of frosted flakes every once in a while, but I don't usually eat sugary cereal at all. I will sometimes eat the special K chocolate delight, chocolatey delight. That's that curves my cravings when I when okay. I go there. Okay, special K chocolatey delight. First of all, that sounds nasty as hell. So. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was pregnant with both of my kids, I wanted Captain Crunch. I wanted frosted flakes those uh, sugar snacks, whatever they're called. I wanted any kind of sugary cereal and God love Halloween because then comes Count Chocula, Boo Berry and all that good stuff too. I love sugar cereal. Mm. Listen, I haven't even gotten into my story yet. We're already talking about our child. (laughs) My child, this is about me. This is your story. I'm sorry I took it over. No, that's fine. That's that's why we do this. This is is why we do this. So I'm going to shock you, okay? So my favorite cereal, it's just like you, Frosted Flakes, but I did not yes. put extra sugar on it. it was, All right. I mean, you're not as hardcore as me, but whatever. No, no, I, did put, <laughs> I did put the I did put bananas in my frosted flakes and raisins. So I did that. So it, raisins. Yes. Don't I, I yeah, I know. That was I was weird as a kid. If that it's was okay. but at least I didn't put extra sugar. Yeah, don't hey, judge me. Extra sugar. I got sugar, you got raisins. <laughs> Thank one you. one looks like clouds of sugary goodness, the other looks like little rabbit poop. It's okay. We each was, judge. I was going to say roaches. So. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs>
So my second favorite cereal, it was Fruit Loops. Mm, another good um, choice. That was a good choice. So Fruit Loops is the story of the day. Okay. This story about Fruit Loops, short and sweet. Fruit Loops, ladies and gentlemen, had the same flavor. All of the Loops were the same flavor. They had the different colors. They said they were different flavors, but they were not. Fruit Loops had the same flavor. So all the colors were a lie. There were a lie. It was, there was no, the, I, first of all, I, I tried to avoid the purple ones because I thought it tasted like grape. I didn't, I don't like grape <laughs> soda, grape anything. So the purple ones, it was great. I didn't want it, but sometimes I would eat the purple ones, but turn, come to find out it was, it was just sugar. I feel like we should test this out. I feel like we should do a live Facebook challenge eventually when we can find the time to do this together, where we taste test Fruit Loops to see if we can get the color right. Here's the, th the catch. Fruit Loops still taste the same to this day, but have you noticed that cereal doesn't taste the same as uh, as it did when we were kids? Yes. And I wondered if it's because the cereal itself tastes different or if my taste buds have changed. It's not your taste buds. They've taken out all of the things that make it taste good, aka all of the things that were bad for us as kids. They've taken it out now for our kids. All of the additives that Clark Griswold worked so hard to put into food. Did you say taken Clark it out. Griswold? Yes, he was a master with food additives. That's what okay. his wife said. Or okay. a genius with food additives. Yeah. <laughs> I like where you're going with this because I have a second fact about cereal. That we're Ooh. going to. You see, you're ahead of the game. You're ahead of the curve. <laughs> I love this. I love this. But we're going to get to that in a minute. But all of the only cereal that Fruit Loops made that tastes different was when they came out with the special wild berry boxes of Fruit Loops. Mm. That were that was the cereal that tasted different that that Fruit Loops came out with. And I didn't like wild berry. I don't think I ever tried wild berry. I was I, I was a pretty ardent believer that the original would be the best. I stuck yeah, with that one. Yeah, the original was the best to me. I tried that wild berry. I was like, no, this is horrible. That sounds gross. Yeah, it does. And then and I realized growing up, my mom would come home every now and then and instead of Fruit Loops, she would have loopy loops or instead of uh, Ooh, yeah, the generic brand. Flakes, they would just come home with flaky flakes. Mm -mm. I was, you know, hey, if it ain't got Tony the Tiger on it, I didn't want it. And if it didn't have Toucan Sam on it, hey, if it got uh, just some parakeet on it, this ain't the real deal. It Now that tastes horrible. Yes, that stuff was gross. My dad one time brought home some off-brand cereal. It was gross. Off-brand ketchup was the same way. He tried oh, to save yes. money one time and brought off-brand ketchup home. And I, I was like, ugh, this is nasty. Uh, mm -mm. Don't, I don't know how an off-brand could taste so bad back then. Ugh. It was yeah. so gross, but yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why that is. Why you know that these off-brand cereals go through taste testing and all kinds of like approvals before they get sent out into the world. You would think that some kid would be like, "Yeah, this is super gross. No, no child would eat this." And then they still are like, "But we need to push it. We're gonna put it in these gross transparent bags, right? Like like dog kibble." We're just going to uh -oh. put it in a big, gross bag. And if it didn't come in the box, I didn't want it. Mm -mm, me either. Didn't want it. I didn't want it. And it was, it's some cereal that I ate as a kid. I, I realized early on that I couldn't eat because it gave me gas. <laughs> like you, I, I feel like I should know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you should, huh? Okay. I don't know. Like people love Captain Crunch uh, and Pops. I couldn't eat those. 
I would eat those and my stomach would start bubbling and I would start to passing gas. And it's not the kind of gas, it's the kind of gas that I couldn't stand. Like I wouldn't want to be around myself when I had these cereals. Like I couldn't, I would, I'm like, I'm sitting outside. I you just put your butt out a window. Just out a window. I just don't want to be around myself. That's fantastic. It's horrible. Oh, horrible. I love so, it. Only frosted flakes and fruit loops. That's all I had. Everything else I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't handle. I couldn't handle. <laughs> I loved all of it. Luckily, none of it made me gassy because that would have just destroyed me. I loved sugary cereal so much. I loved Apple Jacks too. Did you Did you ever eat Apple Jacks? Not, not a fan of the Apple Jacks. Mm, I love me some Apple Jacks. It no. was so good in my belly. I loved all of it. When I was little, little, so I, we moved from Mississippi to Georgia when I was five, but for part of that time we lived in a, that we lived in Mississippi, we lived in a really, really, really small town called Noxipater. It's in the same, Winston County is where my family is, is originally from. Winston County has Louisville, Noxipater. And when we lived in Noxipater, there was this uh, elderly couple that lived up the street from us, the Parkers. And every time I would go see the Parkers, they would give me Fruit Loops and I called them oleos. I don't know why, but I love them. And I would, my hands were super little and I would stick the little, what I called oleos on my fingers, like rings. And I'd be like, look, there are my rings. And I remember <laughs> eating them off my fingers. Oh, they were so good. They were so good. So, so Fruit Loops for me are nostalgic because the Parkers gave me Fruit Loops in Noxipater and I loved them, both the Parkers and Fruit Loops. So now when I eat Fruit Loops, it takes you me back to part. being little okay. tiny. And you mm-hmm. remember the Parkers. Yeah. And having ring and having rings on all your fingers. Rings. Gotcha. Thus started my obsession with jewelry. Oh gosh. Fruit loops. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, that's very surprising because I all this time thought fruit loops were colored according to their flavor. Yeah. I, I so did I. And Blew me away when it turns out they all taste the same. Now, I do want to get a box and tr- try to eat some without milk because I can't have milk nowadays. No. Yeah, no. we'll we'll do this like with that. We'll just dry cereal. I'll blindfold blind you. Yep. Blind taste test and see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how many we get right. Yeah. And then w- for you, we're going to blindfold you and have you eat Fruit Loops without, see, I mean, uh, Frosted Flakes. See, have <laughs> you taste some with sugar and without sugar. <laughs> Man, see what happens. <laughs> I bet the ones with just regular sugar to me would taste like cornflakes. <laughs> Gross. You'll taste that and be like, Is, are these Wheaties? <laughs> did, Is you, this did you ever try Wheaties? Did you ever try Ew. Wheaties? As a yes. It, oh, it was so gross. I, I couldn't swallow it because it was like fibery and yes. it was like eating oh. sandpaper. Ugh, ridiculous. Super gross. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I didn't even like Raisin Bran. My dad loved, my sister and my dad both loved Raisin Bran. Mm-mm. I could do Raisin Bran because I love raisins. I still eat raisins to this day. But I, again, I, now Raisin Bran, I would put sugar on Raisin Bran. I always wanted to like raisins growing up because they come in those cute little boxes <laughs> and all the kids at snack time would have their little raisin boxes. And every time I tried to eat a raisin, to me, it just tasted, ugh, I did not like the taste. Now I'll eat them in like an apple strudel or something. Okay. Like a dessert that is apple flavor and has raisins in it. If I know that they're raisins, but God help me, if I get a raisin thinking it's a chocolate chip, my whole week is ruined. That will make me so mad. 
<laughs> will you eat oatmeal raisin cookies? I will. I will. Oh. If I know that it's oatmeal raisin and I don't mistake it for chocolate chip. Gotcha. All right. That angers me to no end. Okay. Just week ruined. Not even day, just week. Whole week, throw it out the window. Gotcha. gotcha. So. Well, I'm going to blow your mind with this last fact here about cereal. Okay. Cereal was invented to stun your sex drive. What? Wait, the, look on, the look on your face. Yes. Cereal was invented to stunt your sex drive. Wait. So was it originally geared towards adults? Yes, it was. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see why you had the look on your face. It was like, oh. Yeah. I got you now. Because to you. me, cereals for kids, even though I eat special yeah. K now as a grown up. But yeah. I'm sorry. I was like, why is she looking like that? Now I know. Like, no, yeah. this is not. I'm mm. sorry. My bad. <laughs> so, John Harvey Kellogg was convinced that a healthy sex drive was evil and resulted in unhealthy habits like bad posture like is that a bad habit okay what about the hunchback of notre dame what was his problem i mean who bless his heart yeah i know that was uh ridiculous was he a, a horny little toad and god was like <laughs> smite you with a hunchback yes <laughs> boldness like being bold like that's that's not bad I don't, I don't understand that boldness was bad and also having a fondness for spicy food so so poor Kellogg man seems like the most boring, dull person that could have yes. ever been put on the face of the earth. So he was against a sex drive at all, mm -hmm. um, bad posture, spicy bad posture. food, and being spicy bold. Food. Being bold. He would. I feel like he, he and I would have. He would have hated me. No, he would hate twenty twenty one. He would hate everyone on the face of this earth right now. Yeah. Yeah. Even introverts have most of these qualities. Yeah. I, I checked the box on everyone, bad posture, all that. Man, I, I, I when like, I eat cereal, <laughs> Kellogg's special K, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and that special K ain't correcting any of those issues. Nope, obviously not. Oh, so what, So his cure for that was, cereal. was it originally just gross brand cereal, I am imagining? I'm thinking it was Wheaties. He, I think it had to be Wheaties. That makes sense. Yeah. It, it was straight up Wheaties. Oh, special cakes, chocolate special K, whatever. Hey, that's delicious. <laughs> chocolate dip special K. I don't think mm. I've had special K before. Mm. No. No, it's it's special K, the brand cereal with big old chunks of dark chocolate in it. Mm. And that and that sounds like roaches too. No. Hell no. <laughs> it does kind of look like roaches. <laughs> no. Oh, when I'm on a when I'm on a health food kick, that's my that's my uh, way of tricking my body into thinking it's getting dessert. So I'll eat all the brand pieces first, and then I'll save all the chocolate for last, and then I'll eat all the chocolate at once. <laughs> oh and then I'm like, oh, I was healthy today. Check that box. <laughs> I bet I lost five pounds. And then I get on the scale, and I'm like, oh, probably eating special K with roaches in it. You, you will lose five pounds immediately. That's true. Mm -hmm. You evacuate the system very quickly. Those roaches have lots of fiber. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Do your kids eat cereal? Yes. Roman is addicted to Cheerios. Bella will eat Cheerios as well. Um, they love Lucky Charms, especially okay. now because I feel like when we were growing up, 
Lucky Charms it, or any cereal with marshmallows in general, you had to hunt for those marshmallows. And it was like the, they were gone in two spoonfuls. You can even get a box with just the marshmallows now. That's, I swear that's these kids have. Yeah, these kids ha- have no idea what it's like to suffer like we did when we were kids. Have no clue. My version of having to walk uphill both ways to school is, do you know how many marshmallows I had in my cereal? Five. I had five marshmallows in the whole bowl of cereal. Well, so do you still eat cereal? I do. I haven't had cereal in years. Does I, Maya I eat cereal? Not often. No. She really? Used eat, she used to eat Cheerios, uh, but now <clears throat> she doesn't. She had Frosted Flakes. Um, when she, I remember when she had that for the first time, she was like, oh, this is good. All that sugar. Because, you know, Cheerios oh, yeah. don't have sugar. And she's like, this is good. And then all of a sudden, she, was, she stopped. She's not a cereal person much anymore. Hmm. I don't think kids eat cereal the way we did when we were kids. Yeah, because it was, I feel like it was newer. Like it, and it was, you know, not quite so, I don't know. Yeah, I, and, and I ate, when I ate cereal, I ate it in one of those bowls that, a mixing bowl. I didn't have. Yeah. I, that, I ate it in a mixing bowl. Like I would eat half of the box in one sitting. I don't see kids doing that nowadays. Yeah. My kids do when they eat cereal. I mean, they do it like I do. Rick was appalled the first time he saw me pour Bella a bowl of cereal. He was like, you know, that's not the serving size, right? It was for me. Oh man. Yeah. It was for me. I I don't know. These kids have Lunchables. I didn't know what a Lunchable was. Ooh, I ate Lunchables. I loved them. My kids won't eat them. Oh, Maya will eat a Lunchable in a minute. Pizza Lunchable. It has to be a pizza Lunchable. That's it. My kids will eat the nacho ones. They won't touch the pizza ones. They won't touch the nuggets and they won't touch the original. I, I like the original and I love the ones with the Andes mints. Mm, those were my favorites. So are you ready for my story? I am excited. Not just ready. There's the legend of people throwing things onto stage when they don't like the person who's on the stage. Like tomatoes, like throwing a rotten tomato. There's the Rotten Tomatoes website. But I never really knew where it came from until I learned the legend of the Cherry Sisters. Have you ever heard of the Cherry Sisters? I have not. So they were very uh, unique. They started in the late 1800s as a vaudeville act. Okay. I had to do a lot of research because I didn't know entirely what vaudeville was. I didn't know. I wanted to know the history of these sisters, what made them get into entertainment. They were billed as vaudeville's worst act. And the outcome of their entire career ended up having an impact on legislation for entertainment and, and the way that it interacts with the media. Like they, they ended up having a much bigger impact on the world than they should have based on what I've read about their act. The sisters were born to Thomas and Laura Cherry. Thomas was a painter and Laura was a housewife. Thomas and Laura had eight kids. So two of them died when they were really young, but that left Ella, Elizabeth, Addie, Effie, Jesse, and one son, Nathan. <clears throat> so they were, they grew up in Iowa. The parents died and Nathan ran away. I've read some reports that said Nathan just disappeared. Maybe he was snatched. And then I read some reports that seemed more credible that said he ran away. So the majority of the story I got from Ripley's.com. I got some from NPR.com, some from Wikipedia, longreads.com. There's a lot of information out there about these sisters because they were such a crazy story. So if any, I think there's even a drunk history episode about them, which I haven't had a chance to watch because I love that show. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought I'd seen everything, but I guess I hadn't seen 
this one. So I'm going to, I'm going to watch that when we finish. But so once there's their brother, Nathan disappeared and their parents having already passed away, there are two stories. There's one story that says that the, the girls wanted, needed money to help pay for the mortgage on their farm. There was another story that said that they wanted to raise money to go to the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, and they needed money to fund their trip. Either way, they needed money. And they thought, what better way to earn money than to put on a show in our hometown and we'll draw on the experience that we've gained from doing school productions and church productions because they were very devout Christians, the entire family. So they thought that they would draw on this, this grand experience as performers and put on a show for everyone in their town and use the money that they earn to either pay off their mortgage or get this trip, whatever the case it was. So so Effie, who I think was the middle child, suggested that they uh, take to the stage to earn money for whatever it was they needed. So in 1893, they performed at Daniel's Opera House in their hometown in Iowa. So because they were in a friendly environment, they were in their hometown, the result of their performance, people clapped and gave them praise because they were being nice. The performance consisted of a traditional what would become vaudeville. So vaudeville in the United States became kind of a variety show where you would see anything from singing to dancing to poetry to comedy, just all kind of put together on the stage. So you, you never really knew what you were going to get, but chances were really good that you would see something that you liked. So the sisters did, I think they did song, one played her harmonica. I almost said harmonica, my, my Mississippi almost came out. <laughs> uh, I put it back. They just did a lot of different things thinking that they were doing a great show, great production. And they ended up making some money. So they ended up pocketing $100 after their first show, which in today's money is around $2,900. That's not bad for your mm -hmm. first show. So these sisters were like, we owe it to the world oh. to give them our entertaining. We we need to entertain the world. This is what we were destined to do because obviously the audience loves it. So who are we to keep the whole world from experiencing our greatness on the stage? So then they decided to do a second show in Cedar Rapids, Iowa with four of the five sisters. So the oldest sister, Ella, decided that this was not for her. So she did a good thing and opted out and said, you, you guys can go do your thing. Now there's not, it's not completely known whether the sisters knew they were terrible and decided to do it anyway is kind of like a haha, -ha, or if they really thought that they had something special. Either way, the audience of their second show was not impressed. They blew 10 horns, they threw items at the girls, and there was a review written about their performance in the uh the newspaper in Cedar Rapids, the Cedar Rapids Gazette. And this started a feud between the sisters and the media that would last their entire career. In particular, this, and I'll read a couple of excerpts that were written about them at the end of this, but this one in particular said, their knowledge of the stage is worse than none at all. And they surely could not realize last night that they were making such fools of themselves. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> They were not holding back with those words. So the sisters were really pissed off about this, this review. They got really upset and they accused the writer of libel. So he was arrested. And he was Addie, arrested? 
He was arrested for libel and the sisters demanded a retraction, but the newspaper refused. So they wrote their own. So the sister Addie wrote her own retraction and they said it was horribly written with like all these grammatical errors. And it was just like really poorly written, but they ended up taking the writer to court. He went before a judge and he was found guilty and sentenced to marry one of the sisters. Oh, isn't that awesome? But he ended up not see that coming. Right? He ended up not having to go through with the sentence. And the sisters, none of them ended up marrying anyone. They were, I don't know if it was because of their devout Christianity. I read somewhere where it was a pact amongst the sisters that they were going to focus on their career and they were just not going to get married. They were going to take care of each other. But either way, they never married. So this guy lucked out. But yeah, the judge was like, I sentence you to marry one of them, oh which was a, apparently quite the punishment because as we'll we'll hear in some of these things that were written about them, the sisters apparently were not very attractive, which is interesting because oh. when I look at the pictures, they don't look all that bad. Like if you go to Wikipedia, there's a little thumbnail picture of them at the top of three of the sisters. Now they look, they do look a little bit oblivious. They're like the look on their face says, I don't know where I am right now but they don't look terribly unattractive. (laughs) So they won their first court case and then they decided that they were going to continue performing. So they went on to perform in a lot of different cities. They ended up getting an agent and the agent saw that they were drawing big crowds. As they continued to perform, the reviewers of the shows would write these horrible things about them in the newspaper. So it almost became an attraction to just see how bad it really was. And they were being touted as the worst vaudeville, the worst act in vaudeville. So it was almost like one of those things where you just have to go see the train wreck for yourself. But either way, they were drawing these huge sold out crowds. And so it almost became a thing too, not only just to see how bad they were, but to also go and throw something at them. So as the word spread of their terrible acts, audiences would throw rotted vegetables. They would throw (laughs) tin cans at them. One of the audience members sprayed a fire extinguisher in the face of one of the sisters. So it was said that from that moment on, they performed behind a like a mesh wire <laughs> screen so that they were protected and they just kept going. Oh, you know, it's, it's like, I want to say that they kind of paved the way for the Kardashian sisters a little bit. Like they were like the, the OG Kardashian sisters or like William Hung. Do you remember him from American yes. Idol? <laughs> And I never had one lesson. (laughs) (laughs) She banged. Yeah, she banged. She banged. That's right. So (laughs) riots would break out at their performances. Um, One one time, one of the sisters pulled a gun on the audience because (laughs) they were were threatening the sisters. So one of them was like, I'll be right back. And she went out and grabbed a gun. It got crazy. But they they did have an agent. And as they started performing more and more, there was a a man named Oscar Hammerstein who owned the uh, Olympia Music Hall in New York City in in 1896. He had all of these huge acts come and perform for his theater, but the theater was really struggling and it was about to go bankrupt. So he's quoted as saying in a last ditch effort to try to save his theater from bankruptcy, I've tried the best. Now I'll try the worst. (laughs) So he got the sisters to come and perform. 
for like an eight week stint at his theater and it sold out every single time and it saved the theater from bankruptcy. And so he did well. And as they came to New York, the New York Times called them (laughs) the four freaks from Iowa (laughs) and a spectacle more pitiable than amusing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, those poor girls. No, so, I'm not going to say those. I disagree with that. Statement. They just kept on and on and on. And so I, I want to read some of the things that were written about them at this point, mm-hmm. because then I will, I'll go into the big lawsuit that happened towards the end of their career. Let's see. The effects of poverty, ignorance, and isolation are much the same all over the world. And the Cherry Sisters exhibited every one of them with a pathetic frankness that left no question as to their status or character. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that was the New York Times. Let's see. What's another one? They titled their first show, and I think they did title the same, uh, a few of the same shows, Something Good, Something Bad. And somebody said, at least one of the things were right. <laughs> <laughs> This is a great story. (laughs) But so what? What? What drove the the sisters over the edge was when the Des Moines Leader reviewed their show. Once they came, they left New York. They came back to Iowa. So in 1930, Time Magazine noted. In every town that the Cherry Sisters played, it was an invariable custom for the editor of the local paper to review their act with a column and half of humor, satire, parody, and biting sarcasm. So they were just getting eaten up in every newspaper. Mm. So after they left New York, they performed again in Iowa, this time at, at Des Moines. And in 1898, the Ode Bolt Chronicle printed... A horrible, mean, mean, mean article about them. Erica, this this is probably the best story. Isn't it awesome? The, the, oh. So the the Cedar Rapids Gazette says that the sisters couldn't sing, speak, or act. They were simply awful. At one minute, the scene was like an incurable warden in the sane asylum. The next, it was like a camp meeting. Cigars, cigarettes, rubbers, everything was thrown at them. Yet they stood there awkwardly bowing their acknowledgments and singing on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. In the Ode Bolt Chronicle, the editor wrote in February of 1898, Their long, skinny arms, equipped with talons at the extremities, swung mechanically and soon were waved frantically at the suffering audience. (laughs) Their mouths opened like caverns and sounded like the wailing of damned souls issuing therefrom. (laughs) Whoa! Whoa! Oh, and so the, the sisters were like, that's over the line, sir. And they took him to court for libel. And they also took another newspaper to court for reprinting that column. And after the trial, well, during the trial, the sisters, one of the sisters testified, these entertainments are concerts, literary entertainments. I don't sing much. The others do. I have recitations and readings, recite and read in costume, in feminine costumes. Sometimes I've worn men's clothing. I never dance. I recite essays and events that have happened. I have written up my own 
which is just like, who cares? It doesn't say whether or not she was good or not. She's just saying right. these, I don't know. It, they just seemed like they didn't really have any self-awareness. Like there was just this naivety about them that they just had no idea really how bad they were. And they weren't listening to the audience, no matter how hard Simon Cowell was saying, <laughs> you are awful. They were like, yeah, we're great. Awesome. So they ended up though, they ended up losing their case and it went all the way up to the Iowa Supreme Court. Wow. And they ruled in favor of the newspaper's right to freely criticize public performances. So it set a precedent going forward where, you know, newspapers are perfectly within their rights to print scathing reviews. As long as those reviews are factually accurate, they can give their own opinion about, you know, a public performance. So yes. it ended up solidifying the Terry sisters in history because they became part of setting a legal precedent as the media relates to entertainers, which I think thought was really interesting. And they even have a legacy in this particular music style because they didn't have any formal training and they were just getting up on stage and singing without any knowledge of how to sing. They are sometimes lauded for creating this certain style of music called outsider, outsiders music. Oh my God. I'm just reading on longreads.com. Jesse sang a rendition of the song Corn Juice. <laughs> Corn juice. <laughs> Corn juice. Oh. And on and in one of the oh. skits, I think it was their opening skit. And one of the skits, um, they did like a mock crucifixion of Jesus, which for sisters who were devout Christians, it was in poor taste. And it, it just talked about how unaware they were and un unable to read the audience. But yeah, and, and the sisters after that lawsuit, they retired when Jesse died of typhus, the youngest sister, and they ended up starting a bakery. And that's how they lived the rest of their life. They retired. I think some of them from time to time would still perform just for the novelty of it. But yeah, that's the story wow. of the Cherry Sisters. The Cherry Sisters. Erica, I, there's not much I can add. I can't add to that story. There's nothing I can add to that story. <laughs> Oh, I had never heard of them before. But then when I started researching them, there was so much information and there's so much more than I could get into here. I mean, I, I couldn't write fast enough for my brain to take in all of, as I was like writing it all down, I was like, oh, and then there's this and there's this. And they were oh. horrible dressers. They, they were like, their fashion sense was terrible. They, the audience didn't want to look at them. They didn't want to hear them, but still they, they ended up selling out every single show they, they did. And it was crazy. I mean, I, if I were heckled the way that they were heckled, there's no way I would still be a stand-up comedian. I, I, that, I think that's the beauty I do see in this story. Like um, having the blinders on, that, uh, the, yeah. the, the blinders that they had on, whether it was just them being naive or not being exposed to much in life. The blind, uh, if we had blinders on like that, we could be so successful as human beings. Imagine how, if they're selling out everywhere they go, they went to New York and saved this man's business just because they were horrible. Yeah. How much money they made themselves just by, they didn't care what people were saying at the time when they were on stage, they were focused on what they were doing. It was their craft. That's how they saw it. And people were there. It was sold out. Whenever they got on stage, there was not an empty seat in the place. Now, they did their when they thing. performed, <laughs> they did it. <laughs> to them, it was a standing ovation. It doesn't matter. At the end of the night, they got a purse full of money 
and went home. That's right. They did what they wanted to do to earn money the way that they wanted to earn money. Exactly. And they, you know, they obviously loved it. They had a passion for performing and they did it. And I think that there is something so profound in that in and of itself. And you, yeah. I made a joke earlier about the Kardashian sisters. I think it's different because they were actually doing something, doing something. Yes. and showing that they had a passion for a, something that is a genuine, I don't want to say talent. Obviously they no, didn't have much talent, talent. but they gave no, There was no talent show. at all, but yeah, yeah, they did, they did something. They put effort into something and the yeah. Kardashian, they still, I mean, obviously, yeah. Obviously Kim, they do Kim, had a, Kim, Kim did something and it was, it looked very lazy, but <laughs> Kim was not, Kim did not have to exert much. No, that was that effort. was lazy. That was lazy. Yeah. Effort, lazy. That's right. <laughs> but, so, but that story so, had me in tears. That was the funny story. Wasn't that great? It was funny. Some of the when uh, when I read that, some of those comments that people would write about them. I mean, it was just awful. And back in the day, newspapers were the only social media. Yeah. Like that was social yeah. media. Yeah. But just think, word traveled so fast that wherever they went. It was so yeah, and it got all the way up to New York, and New York was the place to be. It's the, you know, even now, people want to go to New York, and then back then it was like, okay, we got to get to New York, and no matter what, you know, horseback, you got to get there. That's and right. People heard about it all the way in New York. This man, <laughs> it's he was about like, to lose his theater. <laughs> yeah, and they saved it for him. It's kind yeah. of like when you're like, how in the world did? X person gets so successful. Yeah. And you see, like they just forest gump their way into every situation. Yes. He said, uh, I tried the best. So it didn't work. I'm going with the, the worst. <laughs> that and the review that said was the good and the bad. He said, at least one of those were right. <laughs> yourself for hours and just go oh. down the cherry sister's rabbit hole oh erica this has been our longest episode i think it has yeah and i'm fine <laughs> with that i'm totally fine with that this has been a good one. oh i i had so much to say about them i could get through it erica you okay so we oh, oh my uh. god so one wonderful thing that I've enjoyed reading this week is our reviews on iTunes. Oh, yes. yes. So for all of you out there who want to support our show and give us a little bit of encouragement, give us some reviews on iTunes, give us some reviews wherever you're listening and we'll read it on the show. So Mookie, why don't you read some of the reviews that we have so far? All right. So this first review comes to us from Loves the city. Oh, I love the city too. (laughs) This reviewer gave us five stars. Yes. And he titles the review. He or she titles the review. News I like. Mm. What a duo. Thanks for the laughs. I'm thoroughly entertained and looked forward to each episode in every podcast. So That's news I like. That's news I like as well. Also, we have a review. This reviewer. Reviewer goes by the name of 15 underscore versus underscore 15. What kind of name is that? (laughs) The title of this review is Fun Show. I really enjoy the story. 
Well, thank you for the uh, review and thank you for the five stars. We really appreciate that. I appreciate that for sure. This next review comes to us from Kate Engelman, also five stars, which we appreciate. Perfect blend of news and humor. Mm, I like that review. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. come on in and leave us a nice, fluffy, beautiful review, whoever you may be. And don't forget to leave us That's five right. stars. So please like it and share it with your friends. Tell them to come on in. And Yay. if you haven't already, please make sure you uh, like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram because we will be posting pictures for this episode on our Facebook and Instagram page. We made it to the end. That's news to us. That's news to us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode 11. We'll see you next time. Erica's waving to the podcast. People like you can see her. <laughs> I'm going to do my pageant wave. I can't see you. Girl, what are you ranting about? I'm talking about the podcast news to me. Have you never heard of it? Look, listen to the catchy jingle. Press play. Erica B and Mookie G and everything they say. Man, it's news to me. You got Mookie G and Erica B and everything they say. Man, it's news to me. Found it in the peach. News to me, every word do teach, cause it's news to me, you got news to me, news to me, Erica and Mookie in news to me, you can't say this not catchy, it is catchy, it is, I'ma give them that, dang, I need to start listening to that, hallelujah, dude.